In this episode, we serve the tea on books, books, and more books. Belinda and Christy share their top recommended magical books and what's on the TBR list for the fall. Welcome to Starlight Tea, where we're serving the tea for living a magically creative life. I'm Christy Cook. And I'm Belinda Boring. Starlight Tea Podcast, a member of the Once Upon a Podcast Network, is brought to you by of Starlight and Moonbeams a team of authors and creators whose goal is to bring more magic and creativity to life. Like the stars and the moon, our mission is to share our light in the darkness, guiding others to discover their own light to shine forth too. To receive notifications of new episodes of Starlight Tea and new issues of Moonbeams magazine, as well as exclusive gifts and offerings, be sure to subscribe to our newsletter at ofstarlightatmoonbeams.com. Hey, Belinda, what's in your cup this week? Well, in my physical cup, I am drinking iced water. And it's in my Starbucks cup that, to me, reminds me of fall. It's gold, yellows, oranges. It's like the ombre effect. And so I'm starting to slide over to my fall tumblers. And in my life cup, I'm trying to think. Like, I always feel like I haven't done much this week, but I've actually done a lot. I'm just, again, tending to my garden. Things are starting to slowly temper down because the temperatures have dropped and like my cucumbers and my tomatoes are still doing pretty good. But I'm pretty sure that once that's all done, we're done for summer 2023. That makes me a little sad because it's been so much fun and it's, it's, you've got to recognize that when something comes to an end, it's okay to be sad, but I'm kind of relieved because it's going to free up hopefully some time because this past week, we weekend, we went to pick apples with oh. my grandson and family and I conquered fears. I climbed up a tall ladder and was reaching for apples and things like that. And then Mark got up. That was a lot of fun. I got to see a huge bumblebee. Like it was, I've never seen a bee this big it must have been about four or five times the size of a regular bee what I would think so that was fascinating I got to watch them and thank them for pollinating the different flowers it's harvest time so I am starting to can things I made 11 bottles of apple pie filling with the apples that I picked and then we had some other apples that we needed to to eat so I made that up and so That was a lot of fun. I actually did that with my mother-in-law. And so we're starting to get those Burr Month traditions going, working on the magazine and making sure my articles are in and just trying to remember what day it is and Mm -hmm. trying to, I think what I'm trying to do, and I feel kind of like I'm trying to catch my breath and trying to gather that energy and take an energetic pause because these next couple of months are going to be really busy because it is, you know, fall and then you've got Halloween, you've got Thanksgiving and then Christmas, which is a huge production here at my house. And I have a garage full of just stuff to start decorating. And then you've got like, we do different things. Like we go caroling, 
We have parties, um, trick-or-treating. Last year I gave out like 200 candy bags. Like it's really big here. We decorating the house and stuff. So I'm taking these next couple of weeks to really just <sighs> and rest while I can because it's not going to be, I don't think there's going to be much time to rest later. And there's still things that I want to get done. You know, it's just one of those things like, I'll just slow down. The saying you'll rest when you're dead is so true because yeah. there's just, there's always so much to do. And like, if it was just Mark and I, we would be slowing down and it'd be good. But then you throw a grandbaby, he'll be three this year. And wow. so I'm starting to plan his birthday party and build things. Yeah, I said build. Starting to test out all different types of Australian party food recipes. So yeah, huh, that's what's in my life cup this week, what, what I've been thinking <laughs> and playing. Because I'm always planning. There's always something going on. So what about you, Christy? What's I know you've had a busy week. So what's happening in your side of the country? Oh, let's see. Well, in my physical cup, I am drinking out of my UCF Tumblr, University of Central Florida. I have three nights from there. Um, that's their mascot. So yeah, all three of my sons graduated from UCF. So I'm being a very proud UCF mom and drinking my raspberry lemonade out of there. In my life cup, you know, it's funny you said, you know, we'll rest when we die. And But what was coming to my mind when you were talking is how being an adult just seems to be the endless, okay, just when I finish this, once once I get this done or once we're past this, then everything will be good. And there's always something else, though. And so, you know, I used to do that. And I, I look back at that. I'm like, you know, this is one thing that I wish I could have done better when my kids were growing up. And, you know, we didn't have as much Internet access as far as we do now. I mean, yeah, the Internet has been around since they were little. But social media, I mean, they were pretty much all grown up by the time Facebook really started taking off and the memes started getting shared and people really started, you know, saying things like the one that's been going around recently is, remember, you only have 12 or 18 birthdays. 18 Christmases, 12 first days of school, you know, those things. And I'm like, oh, yeah. It's like and, a you know, knife in my heart. It I've is. It's a, it's a good reminder that I wish I would have had when they were growing up because it always was when we get past this, you know, when we had the farm. Okay, when we get past hay season, when we get past calving season, you know, and when I was writing my books, okay, when I finished this book and, you know, the, I was able to take them to Mexico. That was our one big thing when I finished this book thing, but there was always another book. There was always another season of yeah. this, you know, even when it was, sometimes it was their stuff. Okay. After soccer season is over. Well, after soccer season is over, then we have baseball. And after baseball season is over, we have another soccer season. Or when they got older, we have football. And then we have basketball and wrestling. I mean, there was just, you know, it was always something. So this is just your friendly reminder to slow down because there always will be something. And if you keep waiting for that to be over, you'll never have those moments. You'll never mm -hmm. have those special times. You'll never have that rest that you need. Like right now, I'm kind of in that place, you know, once the magazine gets out, which it comes out this week, 
It's been a very stressful couple of weeks because of multiple things going on. But then I have to get ready for my trip. And then it's like, okay, when I get back from my trip, well, then we have to do the next magazine. And so um, <laughs> it's just, it's never ending. And I was telling Belinda today, I mean, my time really has been work. Multiple things going on. I know I keep saying we're going to announce it. Um, I just want to make sure we get the dates nailed down. But yeah, a new Sacred Circle program coming out with three events this fall and then a 16-week-long journey next year. And that is part of a certification program that I'm going through. So I, I have a deadline on that. It's not something that can wait. And then um, some other things we have going on that we'll be announcing and the magazine and the trips. So I realized today when I went to my day job and I sat down in front of the computer, I was like, oh my God, I have not had a screen break in way too long. I mean, I went out to dinner with a friend a couple of weeks ago. I read a paper book at night, but I mean, that's just little tiny breaks. I haven't had like a day at the beach. I don't have a garden. You know, I did, I guess, Labor Day weekend. Well, even that day, I would take a break because you guys, what's in my cup right now is my house is a total wreck because I am downsizing, (laughs) major time downsizing. So I'm going through everything to decide what gets trashed, what gets donated, what can be sold, and what little bit I'm going to keep. And so my place is a mess. So over Labor Day weekend, I, that's what I worked on. So I did have some time away from the screen, but still, you know, I'm not 25 years old anymore. I got to take breaks. <laughs> my back starts hurting. <laughs> and so when that happened, I was sitting down at the computer and working. So yeah, I, I need that break. I'm really looking forward to my trip. Um, there will be work involved. But we're going to have so much fun doing it. And I'm, I'm really excited. Yep. So that'll be good. But yeah, just a reminder to take those times. Grab them when you can, even if it is just a, an hour or 20 minutes or whatever you can get. Be sure to work in those breaks and, and take those deep breaths in and make sure you let it all out. Because that's the part we forget to do is exhaling. And when you exhale, you're letting out all the toxins. So, yeah. I was thinking too, like with when we rush from place to place to do and like the next event, the next, the festival, the next whatever, we need to make sure that that's okay. Like if that's what we need to do, because that's life. But just make sure that when you reach each thing that you're going to do, be present. Yes. Enjoy it for what it is. Don't be, oh, yeah, it's like for me. Oh, okay. Halloween's here. Excellent. Oh, I'm thinking of Thanksgiving while I'm handing out trick or treat. No, be in the moment. If you're going to create these memories and traditions, and if you're planning to enjoy these things, take the time to actually enjoy them. Be present. And that way you show your kids how to be present too, to enjoy it. And then when that's over, that's when you can move on to the next thing. Right. Because I notice even the stores do that. It's not even Halloween. Uh, Halloween's not even here. I spy Christmas trees in a thrift store. And I know that that's coming. And then when Christmas is here, we've got Valentine's Day stuff out. So Mm -hmm. we're seeing it all around us where it's we're constantly not enjoying the moment. Yeah, and social so, conditioning yeah. and capitalism at its best. And and it's just, it's making us crazy. And we are, we're, we're not, we're rushing to the next thing. We're not being present in the moment. And 
what is life worth living if you're not present in it? So that was a, a good point. Thank you for sharing that. Okay, so today we are going to share a listener question. And we're not going to go into too much detail because actually we passed this on to Aunt Sage, who has an advice column in Moonbeams Magazine, and she answered it more thoroughly. But I thought we could just kind of real quick, because that is the question, give our own answers, Belinda. So the question was, from one of our listeners, what is the quickest, easiest way to open the blocked throat chakra? And just a real quick rundown, your throat chakra obviously is in your throat. Um, and it is the center of speaking your truth, uh, expressing yourself creatively, um, but also your authenticity, your needs, your desires, your beliefs. So women especially have clogged, blocked, imbalanced throat chakras. So that is a very great question. And so Belinda, I'll ask you first, just real quick, what's your quickest, easiest way to work on your throat chakra? I usually get a lump in my throat, especially when I feel it gets stuck, like when it's noticeable. And then I usually tap just right there on my sternum. I will clear my throat, like make a noise with it. But for the most part, I'll either sing and just get that going or I'll state truths like, I am Belinda Boring. I am amazing. Because to me, the throat, when the throat chakra gets stuck is your truth is being stuck, your voice. And what mm -hmm. better way to reconnect with that, with your, your authentic self, by stating that fact, that truth, who you are. I am this. This is, these are the truths about me. Or I'll reach for crystal. But if I don't have that and I'm out and about and I feel that, and my voice closes or I feel restricted, that's what I do. I sing or I say, I am Belinda Boring. I love that. And what about you, Christy? I also sing and nobody wants to hear me sing. And I had a problem with that for <laughs> the longest time. But now, I mean, I guess that's the beauty of living by yourself is nobody has to hear me except the dog. And he's actually deaf, so he doesn't even have to hear me anymore. <laughs> so, yeah, I will sing. I will chant. Sometimes I'll just kind of like growl and or even scream. Um, not too loudly. I don't want to like alert the neighbors and make them worry that something's wrong. But, you know, just make that noise in your throat in all kinds of different ranges as well. Work with crystals. I love working with amazonite for my throat chakra. And I also have a tuning fork that's specially tuned for the throat chakra. And so I'll actually hit it and hold it to my throat and feel that vibration in there. And that helps. So anything, there are solfeggio frequency videos on YouTube and uh, playlists on Spotify or wherever you get your music from that you can listen to that will help you with that. Okay, so yeah, um, those are just some real quick ideas. And if you want to know more about clearing your throat chakra and also how your solar plexus is very connected to that because that is your seat of power and they affect each other. 
So go read uh, Aunt Sage's column in our August issue. That's the one with the phoenix on the cover. And get some information there because I found it very helpful. There is always something fun and magical going on in the world and with of Starlight and Moonbeams. Subscribe to our newsletter to receive weekly news, updates on our offerings, and exclusive gifts and promo codes for our shop. You can also hit the subscribe or follow button on your app to queue up new episodes as soon as they drop and follow us on the socials. Find everything through our new link tree in the show notes. Also, please consider leaving a review or a comment, something that lets other listeners know what you liked about the episode so they can tune in too. So today we are talking about magical books and our fall reading list. We'll be sharing some books we've read and recommend and others that are on our own to be read lists. And so we did this for the summer and it was so much fun that we thought we would do it again for the fall because I love knowing what Belinda's reading. I would love to know what y'all are reading. So if you have any recommendations to add, please put them in the comments so that we have, you can never have enough books, right? So let's exactly. get started. Um, we'll do our nonfiction first. We do have both nonfiction and fiction here for you today. And if you want to get the full list and what they are and see their covers and everything, check out our September issue of Moonbeams Magazine. And so nonfiction, my first nonfiction is actually a to be read. I have not read it yet. It's called Witch by Lisa Lister. I thought that sounded like a good one to read for the season. Um, I am currently reading another book by her. I think it's called Presence. And it's very interesting. She um, is a practi practicing third generation hereditary witch. Um, but Presence is more about the spiritual side. So I'm really looking forward to diving into the witch part. And just real quick, quick the first line of the blurb is reclaim your inner witch with the magical rituals, divination tools, spells, and ancient wisdom. So I'm really looking forward to reading that Ooh. next. What's your first nonfic pick? My whoa, that was a mouthful. <laughs> I know. <laughs> My first one is I've started reading it um halfway through. I tend to read as the mood strikes. So my first one, and I'm partway through it, is called Luna Living by Kirsty Gallagher. And it basically, she helps us work with the moon phases and how we can understand ourselves and our emotions and our purposes and goals by working with the moon. And what really drew me to her was the line, if you ever felt stuck, meaningless, over-emotional for no apparent reason, or want to come back into alignment with a natural cycle to help you move forward in life and achieve your dreams and goals, this book is for you. I felt she had said, oh, Belinda, <laughs> this is for you because I have felt those things. And I really just enjoyed it because, you know, there were things that I knew about the moon, but I, uh, I didn't realize just how much the moon influences our life, how much it influences the year, how much it influences time. And so it's a great book. I'm, I'm halfway through it. And Definitely recommend it on what I have read so far. I really want to read that one because um, I love working <laughs> with this, the seasons of the year 
and then bringing that down to the moon phases for each month. That's my next goal is to really integrate and incorporate that. So adding it to my TBR list. Okay, speaking of, I have not read. It's on my to-be-read list. Um, I've had it for a while. I think I, I, I bought it by accident. It's one of those things that were meant to be. So it's called Hecate, Goddess of Witches by Courtney Weber. And it's about the goddess Hecate, who is, she's the goddess of witchcraft, of crossroads, of ghosts, and kind of the underworld. You know, she's the the one that, at least my understanding, and I'd like to know more. I do work with Hecate. I have for a couple of years, but she's kind of in my peripheral. She came to me in a guided meditation. And to be honest, she's always kind of scared me because she is a very (laughs) powerful goddess of witches. And she, and at the crossroads, she challenges you to make your choices Um, But she also holds a light for you to find your way through the darkness. So I'm really looking forward to that's going to be next on my list, actually, because we'll also be talking about Hecate in the program that I spoke about earlier. So, yeah, again, it's called Hecate, Goddess of Witches, and it's learn the myths and legends behind this beloved goddess plus practices and suggestions for making Hecate part of your spiritual path. You know what, I'm already noticing that there is a very common theme in what we read because the next book that I am three quarters of the way through is called Walking with Persephone, the (laughs) goddess Persephone by Molly Reamer. And again, I love all things Persephone and learning about her. And this book is just so good. It's kind of written like a personal biography or story of how the author Molly Reamer goes through each day and learns lessons and walks beside the goddess to gain insight and help. One of the things I liked is she said that she invites us to walk with the goddess Persephone, whose story of descent into the underworld has much to teach us. It's about soul rebuilding of putting pieces of oneself back together. It helps you when you read it to look within yourselves for the truth about living and connects you to the world around you. And I thought that was really fascinating. Uh, What I had read about Molly, I identified with her so much of rushing about and doing things. And I think I recommended the book to you, Christy, of getting to a certain age and it's like, okay, this is who I am now. What next? You know, what kind of roles? Who, Who can I be now? And so it's... It's written differently. Really enjoy it. And the insight that I get, I've highlighted a lot. I really enjoy it. So I recommend that too. It's Walking with Persephone by Molly Reamer. Okay, so my next one is called You're Magical by Tess Whitehurst. And it is an amazing book. I have actually read it. It was one of my earlier books I read when I started down this path. And it is a a great book for newbies. Um, If you are just starting to discover the path of the witch or of magic, uh, living a magical life, um, whether you want to say witch or not, it doesn't matter. It's actually, you know, understanding more about how to get started with astrology, with oracle cards, with the chakras. I mean, it's like 
she has so much packed into this book for especially for beginners, but also if you are more experienced, if you've been doing this for a while, it's a great way to get back to basics and back into that beginner's mindset, which is always good no matter what you're good at. It's always of service to go back into that beginner's mindset because you might have forgotten things or, you know, you might have been doing something for so long that you don't realize that there are other things out there that you don't know about your subject matter of expertise or whatever it is. And that goes for, you know, whether it's writing and creating your art or your magic. So yeah, that's, um, it's one of my favorites. And in fact, I think I'm going to take my own advice and reread it this season as well, because it's a good one. Sounds like a great book. I'm going to put that on my TBR. I have had this next book on my TBR since last year. And I thought this would be perfect because we're coming up to shadow work season. And it is called The Goddess in the Shadow by Alicia Rye or Alicia, Alicia, Alicia Rye. And it talks about harnessing the power of the dark goddesses. It's. Yeah, it says, even in their own mythology, these goddesses have been shunned, use examples of what women should not be. And um, it talks about it is into our shadows that we push unwanted desires, our forgotten skills, our traumas, and the personal, personal energy that we've been taught we must not show. And so in this book, in The Goddess of the Shadow, you'll learn the mythology behind 10 dark goddesses. And I'm pretty sure Hecate is one of the goddesses that's included, Persephone is another, um, and discover how each dark goddess represents aspects of your own shadow and how each can teach you valuable lessons. I have kept this in my Kindle, like at the forefront all throughout the year because I've wanted to to read it. And then I thought, you know what? I'm going to read this during shadow season. It seems like it would really resonate well. So if you're someone else who likes to learn about that or learn what shadow work is or learn more about some of those goddesses, like Christy was saying, that might scare you a little, like, ooh, I don't know if I'm supposed to to look or to be part of that, like the Morrigan and things like that. Um, that that's been a goddess that kind of scares me too because she's so powerful. This is a great book. Like, if you're afraid of something, learn about it. Yeah. Demystify it. And so, yeah, another great book that I've got on my TBR list. I bet you just added it to your TBR list too. I did. Of course I did. <laughs> so my next one is also shadow work. Oh, wow. But it's, it's from a more scientific perspective, sort of. Okay, so the book is called, and you might have already heard of this. Um, I was a little late coming to it, but it's called How to Do the Work. Recognize Your Patterns, Heal from Your Past, and Create Yourself by Dr. Nicole Lapira. She is known as the holistic psychologist. That is her handle on Instagram. And she brings a lot of the spiritual to what she writes about in here. So I use this book. I just devoured it and went back through it, combed it thoroughly last year when I was creating our fall retreat, which was some shadow work. So I I have so many pages flagged. It's it's just really great information in there. So if you have heard do your do the work and you don't know what that means, this is a great starting point because she goes into it. And like I said, I love her because she also leans into the spiritual magical side of things as well. 
And that's why they call her the holistic psychologist, because she's not just, and this is what happened, it was therapy was not enough. And, you know, for herself, for her patients, she knew that there needed to be more going into it. And that's where uh, the spiritual comes in. So yeah, that's a really highly recommended one. I think I'm gonna have to check that one out too. Okay, my next nonfiction, it's funny because the cover to me was very provocative and it kind of made me blush and look away <laughs> and feel weird, which is so strange. It's, it's uh, I think, a papaya that's held in front of a woman's private area. And it, to me, it was just very provocative. And I wanted to scroll away from it. And I was like, nope, nope. Okay, let's dive in and let's look. So I have this on my TBR. And it's actually, I think, going to be something very, very helpful. And it talks about facing one's own darkness and finding the light is not the sexy part of spirituality and self-growth. Embracing our shadows is where the true freedom and healing are to emanate when we're unwilling to walk through the shadows and wounds we enter a phase called spiritual bypassing which we've talked before in the past Mm -hmm. and so it's a book that helps you navigate the shadows with healing it uses healing modalities it talks about divine feminine energy and accessible methods from sacred divine archetypes which we've talked before and so mm-hmm. that is Within by Courtney Hansen. And I'm I'm excited to read it, even though the cover makes me blush a little. And I don't <laughs> know why it makes me blush, but it makes me blush. It's a natural thing. You're so fun. Uh, that's, that's, that actually sounds really good. I, I want to check that one out too. Okay, my final nonfiction one, I actually was introduced to by Belinda, who took a picture of it. And she said, look what I found. And so I went out and ordered it right away. And it is called Crystal Pairings by Emily Suzanne Rayal. It's been sitting on my kitchen table for, I don't know, like a year now, maybe. (laughs) And, you know, every once in a while, I'll open it like while I'm waiting for water to boil or whatever while I'm cooking. And I'll kind of glance at the pages, but I haven't really actually gone through it. And I really like it because it has crystals all these different crystals but it tells you not only what you know describes what they look like and has some great pictures both of raw and polished so that they're easier to identify when you go find them and their healing properties their metaphysical properties but also things like how to use them in reiki or for protection or working with the chakras and then our and a daily ritual for each of them And then what I really like about it, the pairing part, which is it tells you what other crystals work with it, what you know, that they support each other so that you get a double boost of whatever energy that you're needing. Yeah. So and the illustrations are beautiful. And like I said, it shows for most of them both raw and polished, because I know for me, a lot of times all you see are the shiny polished ones in the books. And then you go in the store and they have the raw and you're like, is this the one that I wanted? Because they, they can look so much different, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I kind of believe, actually, I'm not sure if I believe it. I've heard it. I'm not sure. And maybe you have um, input on this, Belinda, that raw can ha- maintain some of the properties. if They're more powerful because they haven't been polished away. I don't know about that because it's not like there's a coating on the pol- on the polished ones or anything. They've just been polished. <laughs> They've been 
put through the sand and, and made all nice and shiny. So I don't know. But I the one thing that does kind of frustrate me is when you see something really pretty in a book or online and then you go to your store and you think you can't find it or it's the wrong thing um, just because they look so very much different. So what's your last one for nonfiction? My last one is in honor of our podcast, I Like Tea. It is called The Tea Magic Guide by Guinevere Elliott. And I absolutely love the cover. That's what drew me in. And it just talks about tea, the various reasons we have it, how to use it in day-to-day magic, um, how you can use it for physical, mental, and spiritual well-being, but as well as to help you with manifesting your desires. And so it's just this valuable tool book of all that kind of information uh, to do with tea. And so I, I thought because that. we talk about the tea and spill the tea and serve the tea here on the podcast that we should do a nonfiction to do with that. So yeah, yeah. that's the Tea Magic Guide by Guinevere Elliott. Oh, I love that. And before we switch into fiction, speaking of tea, our goal has always been to feature small company teas. So if you make your own tea or if you know anybody who does and would like to hook us up, you know, make introductions and everything, we would love to give a taste and feature it and talk about it on Starlight Tea. All right, Belinda, I'll let you start with fiction. What's your first fiction? Okay, my first fiction is by an author that we both know and love. Her name is Casey Bond. I devour every book that she uh, writes. And her latest one that I haven't read yet is A Tangle of Fate and Two Hearts, One Curse sold me instantly like that. She <laughs> writes fantasy and it uh, talks about some things once damaged cannot be made whole again. I fear I am one of those things. If you love angst like I do and fantasy and just that, just that one sentence, it sold me. And so I'm excited. She does. She's got some great books. If you want to look at her backlist and they have the same themes of fantasy and angsty and just, yeah, she does. She does uh, tarot cards with a lot of her books too, which is really cool. She Um, does. They look amazing. amazing. She's a great person too. Okay. So my first fiction book is an author I think we both know. I only know her on Facebook, um, but for a long time. And that's Rebecca Yaros. And her second book for the her new Dragon series comes out in November. And I am so excited about it. So the fourth wing was on my list for summer. And I did not pick it up for quite a while because there was so much hype around it. And sometimes that almost turns me off or pushes me away. Um, at first, but also because it was kind of one I that I wanted in print and it was sold out for so long. And then finally I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna the one reason I wanted it in print is because the ebook was just as expensive, if not more. But I broke my <laughs> own rule as far as my uh threshold for ebooks and I went ahead and got it and oh my gosh, I have not been consumed by a book like that in so long. It felt so good because it was unput downable. It I mean, all the hype was definitely oh, worth I love it. Books like that. It was it just took me back to those days where it's like, you know what, fuck everything else. I'm reading. 
oh, I got to go to work in three hours. I don't care. I should be sleeping. I'm reading. You know, it, it, it was just one of those. <laughs> so good. So good. So good. And so the second book is called Iron Flame and it comes out November 7th and I am so excited for it. I'm going to reread The Fourth Wing before it, before it comes out, but I'm, I've been making myself wait until right before so I can just do a bam bam reading, which I love to do with those ones that just sweep you away like that. Yeah. Um, if you love fantasy dragons and forbidden love, then pick up this series if you haven't already. That's my love language. Ah, oh, forbidden <laughs> love. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I haven't read it. I actually looked at it again yesterday. I think what I might do is wait be- until the next book is available and I'll read the first one. So again, so I get that bam, bam. Cause I'm like that. If I can't put down a book, I better have the next one ready because as the queen of cliffhangers and I love writing them, I hate receiving them. <laughs> it's like, don't make me wait. It's like payback. Okay. So. I'm just going to interject something there. As an author who does write cliffhangers as well, and I love writing cliffhangers, if that is you and you're thinking, I'm going to wait until the whole series come out, can you please just do authors a favor and at least buy the book? Because what happens, and this actually happened to me, why I haven't finished one of my series, is people say, I'm going to wait until all the books come out because I just want to devour them. And if you don't buy them, then that signals to the author and to the publisher that you're not interested. You don't want to read it. And that's kind of, you know, how I felt. I, I, I released the first book of a new series and it just didn't really sell very well. And I was like, okay, I guess people don't want that one. And why should I put my time and energy and invest any money into it and give it to my publishing company to do the same if nobody's going to buy it? So you're actually hurting the books coming out when you, you know, faster if you don't buy them. So I, I just want to kind of put that in there. Um, if you're one of those who likes to have a whole series, we've been spoiled by Netflix and other streaming services where we can watch an entire season in one weekend, you know, so we get to that. But with books, you're hurting the chances of the rest of the series even coming out if you're waiting for it. So I just had to put that in because it's very important to me. It makes me sad when authors aren't able to or won't continue writing because of that. And because you don't know, people will say, well, I'm just going to wait for the whole series to come out, but there's no guarantee on that. They might've forgotten by the time the whole series comes out, you know, there, there, there's just too much unknown. Yeah. You don't know how long the series is like my mystic. I've heard that from my mystic walls. I'm working on the ninth book. You don't yeah. know how many books are up. It's a long series. And so if you wait for the very last book to come out, you might be waiting a long time and you're missing out on an amazing read and an opportunity to join with others who have been reading it as well. So that's a good point. Right. Okay. This next book that I, I saw, I actually saw the cover, I think on Facebook, but I think I also saw it as a recommendation from Amazon when I was on looking for different books that I wanted to... um add to my TPR and read. And this one is called To Charm a Dark Prince by Catherine Ann Kingsley. And it says, to save a kingdom, she must charm a monster. And it says, transported to the magical realm of Avalon, Gwen finds herself in the hands of a dark, yeah, a dark, beautiful ruler, Mordred, the Prince of Iron. And there you go. That's what sold me. 
I was like, okay, it's got Avalon in there. It's a fantasy. I love those ones where it's like, she must charm a monster. So it tells you there's, there's going to be like this combativeness in the beginning. I always love it when the heroine brings the hero to his knees or, or vice versa. When there's that softening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And morally great characters. And so this is definitely on my TBR. Uh, to Charm a Dark Prince by Catherine Ann Kingsley. And so, yeah. Sounds good. Okay, so my next book is by an author we both know very well and love, and she's a friend of ours, and also we've both co-authored books with her, and that is Tish Sauer, and it is her upcoming release, The Fairy Handbook to Spells in Salvation. And this is another book, too. We actually had her first book to this duology on our summer list, and that was The Witch Handbook to Magic and Mayhem. So her second book, which um, delves more into the fairy stuff, which I'm excited about, um, and the Fae Kingdom, it comes out, I believe, in October. So I'm really looking forward to that, and it is at the top of my to-be-read list as soon as it comes out. Can't wait. I love her. And she always infuses just the most beautiful magic into her books. Yes. And so she's definitely, she's definitely an auto, an auto by author. Yeah. And so, okay. I've seen a lot about this author and I haven't really read anything, but then I saw that she had a series about Olympus. And so instantly I was drawn to it and it's called Stoneheart by Katie Robert it's a novella, so it's a short read, and it says, in the city of Olympus, people only speak about Medusa in whispers. And so I'm, yeah, she's Athena's knife hand, the one sent when Athena wants someone to disappear. No one asks Medusa what she wants, but she owes Athena her life, and if staining her hands with blood is the only way to repay that debt, it's a small price to pay. So... I'm intrigued by all things Medusa. In fact, uh, she played a heavy part in one of the one or two of the stories that I wrote in uh, the Sun and Moon Academy books mm-hmm. with Eric's and his brother, Eric Strathus. And so I'm excited to delve into it. I'll probably then go on to read all her other books too, if they're dealing with Greek mythology. I'm like... Greek mythology, all that kind of thing. It just, it sounds good. And so Stoneheart by Katie Robert. That's on my TBR. That sounds good. Okay. Okay, my next one is, um, this is a mainstream author, Sarah J. Moss. And everybody that I know has read A Court of Thorns and Roses. And I have two multiple times. Absolutely loved it. It actually was my COVID read um, through the whole series, and then she has more coming out, which is awesome. Um, But I have not read her other series, House of Earth and Blood, which is, well, that's the first book in the Crescent City series. And so um, I actually read an excerpt, and it hooked me, but I just haven't carried it on yet. So that is on my TBR list, I think, for this fall. I'm going to... I know it's going to be another one that gets sucks me in because so many people talk about it. So I'm really excited to dive into that one. Have you read those? I have. <laughs> that's that's what I started reading in the beginning of the year. Like, 
oh, I devoured it. Sent me on a sent me on this massive big rabbit hole of just devouring all the latest fantasy and all the court and fae and and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So yeah. I wasn't aware that that was coming out. So that's getting added as well, and oh, I'm just excited. And yeah. so okay, this next one. Uh, is by Jessica Cage. She's someone that I see a lot on Facebook and she just had a new release and it's called A Corruption of Gilded Ashes. I loved the cover and it talks about a hidden kingdom, a broken promise, a dying home. So you already know that it's going to be good and Mm -hmm. that there's going to be this race to save everybody. And it talks about against the queen's wishes, Malawi, Uh, princess of a hidden race of underwater beings will stand as champion in the eldritch trials to atone for the crimes of the land griffins and so that's a new kind of mystical creature that i i haven't read too much about so i thought this would be interesting to you know it's my love of fantasy i love books where you've got the heroine that's going to go and battle against the odds and obstacles and triumphs and all these kinds of things so yeah i'm excited it said should malawi fail they will suffer her curse together so i'm excited again see there's a theme: curse things are going (laughs) on and so i love that i love the underdog i love fantasy like that it's it's such a deep love so yeah that's my fiction my next one is From Blood and Ash by Jennifer L. Armentrout, another friend. I have already read all of the books except for the most recent one. So From Blood and Ash is the first in the series. To be honest, it was like City of Embers was for me, the Mortal Instruments, City of Bones, whatever the first one was of that one. It took me a while to get into it, but it wasn't the book. It was me because now, and I mean, it. it I don't know what was going on with me because it was just taking me forever. I was having a hard time following it. And my I just wasn't present with it is what it was. Because mm-hmm. the, not the most recent book that came out, but the one before that, I think it was book four, was super good. And I was like, okay, what the heck, you know? And so I've, re- I've started reading them all over again. And I was like, oh, okay, that it was totally me before totally into it. Can't wait to read the book that um, just most recently came out, book five. And then she's also started a spinoff series, which I think the first book is just about to release. Um, She just posted something about it the other day, which I was trying to find for you all and I couldn't find it. But yeah, the first book, if you haven't started that series of Blood from, I think the series is of Blood and Ash. The first book is from Blood and Ash. And uh, go pick it up now because there's a sixth book coming out in February. And then, like I said, she had the spinoff and um, it's, it's really cool series. And there is exciting stuff coming up for it as well. I'm so excited. I, I feel like I need to go devour her books again. Like, yeah, they were another group of books that I read the beginning of the year. that I was like, oh, I just can't get enough. I can't get enough. And so I've been patiently waiting for the next book yeah and just to say the exciting news that's coming out i couldn't remember if it had been announced yet or not is uh it is being developed into a tv series so it'll be coming to yeah (laughs) i love tv series books turning into tv series better than movies because you can be more faithful to the narrative 
yeah. instead of trying to condense it all into yeah wow so that's exciting Ooh, something else to look forward to okay this is my last uh fiction i read this and i'm so excited we got to put these lists together because i didn't know the second book had come out so that's what i'm currently reading but my last recommendation is by Lindsay Hall. Um, if you remember my summer reading list, I recommended everything she's ever written. She <laughs> is incredible as an urban fantasy writer. Oh my gosh, I love everything. And so this book is one of her latest ones. It's called The Modern Girl's Guide to Magic. And it's set <laughs> in this cute little town called, uh, totally forgotten it, but it's in Cornwall. And it's this tiny little magical town. And it starts off as, so here's the deal. I'm a magical disaster, a witch from a family of witches and the only one whose magic blows up in her face. And so what's really fun is she comes back to town because she's been entered into this competition to inherit this magical garden. And like, it's an epic magical garden. It's huge. It caters to all the magical needs of everyone around the world. It hosts some of the most rare and exotic plants and and things like that. And so here she is. She's a magical disaster. And uh, her family has a store where she lives. And they rely on this garden. And so it's imperative that she wins this competition to save her family's business. Unfortunately, one of the people that are also running for it is a guy called Callan Hawthorne, the sexy billionaire mage who she has hated for years. And she has to compete against him. And it's all so good. Oh, so good. And everything that I love about Lindsay Hall and she has a new one that just came out, which was to do the modern girl's guide to dating vampires. And then mm -hmm. there's one later on in the year that has to do with uh, werewolves. So yeah, cool. yeah. I yeah. highly recommend it. It's just a nice, fun, light read. So, so good. So, so good. Perfect for the fall. Yeah. I like her books too. Okay. My last one, I am kind of self promoting here, but <laughs> This is a really good one because it's for fall semester. And that is Sun and Moon Academy book one, fall semester. It's a Havenwood Falls. And it's unique because this is uh, 10 stories in one. And so nine of us authors each wrote a story, but they tell an ongoing story. So you get those nine stories plus all of them together your, is your big story um, over one. So it's over 750 pages. It's huge. But you can read each mini or short story at a time. So you don't feel like, you know, you it, it's overwhelming or anything. Um, so you can, you know, read it in one night, one, and then move on to the next one. But anyway, it's just, it's so good. And I, I just wanted to recommend it for our fall reading list because it is for the fall semester. Everybody's going back to school. If you remember what it was like going back to college, it is college age students. There are um, romances and um, more 
kind of adult thing things going on, you know, all that fun stuff for colleges and then add the supernatural and danger and oh, lives lost and all that fun stuff. Um, it's it's just it's one of my favorites that I don't know. I like all of our Havenwood Falls stuff. It's hard to say it what a favorite is, but yeah, right. it was. Um, both Belinda and I wrote in it. Um, Tish, who we talked about earlier, wrote for it. Um, yeah, it's good. And it's a great way if you haven't been introduced to Havenwood Falls yet, it might be um, your way into the whole world because it is a little bit different. And then once you get sucked into Havenwood Falls, you just, you don't want to leave. <laughs> it was hard for me yeah. to leave. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun book. It's a fun world. I absolutely loved writing. I loved, this is a good book. It's a good book to start you on. I like it because it, in the blurb, it has, as the bodies continue to drop, it's up to the students to feed the monsters and mayhem. Like, come on, does that not say, come on, read me? Yeah. Defeating <laughs> monsters and mayhem. Because, yeah, here a young adult, you know, it's going to get crazy and chaotic and all kinds of angsty and romancy and mystery. And, yeah, such yeah. a good book. And not biased that doesn't at all. grab you. <laughs> If that doesn't grab you, the fact that their school, their campus is under a mountain. I mean, come on. That was just so cool. Um, all of us collaborating on that and creating that. So um, it, it, that just adds a whole new level to the, the fun of the books. So, yeah, we hope you'll check that one out. So there we go. There's our reading list for fall. And I don't know about you, but... I'm sure we'll be adding others as well. I already just did from yours. And I know. Uh, if you if you want a chance to review over some of those books and read more about them, see the covers, by all means subscribe uh, and purchase the copy, the latest copy of Moonbeam magazine, the September issue, because we have those listed in there. Yep. As well. And actually, the online copy does include links, so you'll be able to link right to the books. Oh, that's helpful. We're enabling your uh, building of your TBR, of your reading library, right? We got to yep. enable. If I can't buy it because I've read it, I want other people to read it and to celebrate <laughs> and to enjoy it. So yeah, what a great episode. I'm excited that we got to do this. I forgot how much fun it was when we did the summer. Yeah, it, so. it, it's fun, and we both love talking books, and we hope all of you listeners enjoyed it too, and you've added a few things, and like we said, if you have something that you think we absolutely need to read for the fall season, please drop it in the comments or shoot us a direct message, and if we're able to, we'll mention it in a future podcast as well. So, hey, Christy, what Starburst are you going to share today? Um, today, I am actually doing another self-promotion plug. <laughs> um, but there, <laughs> there is relevance to it. And so on our shop of Starlight and Moonbeams, um, in case you didn't know, on the site, we do have a shop. And in it, we have, um, besides crystal jewelry and aromatherapy perfumes, we have signed books and by some of these authors that we talked about today. 
So um, we are having a 40% off clearance sale because I need to get that inventory out of here. Like I said, I'm significantly downsizing and I'd really like to get this inventory into readers' hands and off my shelves. So um, go to our site. It's automatically taken when you spend $20 or more on books, jewelry, and perfume. And check out all the signed books we have um, over there. So starlightandmoonbeams.com. That's my starburst. What is yours, Belinda? Well, for my starburst today, I kind of stole it from you, Christy. But I think it's a good one of just sharing love and saying thank you to all the wonderful authors out there. The ones that we have shared the, uh, our recommendations for today. Those that are there um, writing the stories that they love, that are, you know, sacrificing a bit of their time and life to be able to bring us these beautiful stories. For those who have gained all this wisdom and knowledge and experience and are willing to share it with us by writing books, both nonfiction and fiction. And so I just wanted to share thank you to, yes. to authors. Yes. Because as authors, we know how hard it is. We know what it's like. We know the process. And I just think we can't say thank you enough. You know, it's a much needed respite from the world. It's a much needed way to learn and grow. And so, yeah, that's my Starburst for today. I love it. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate you. We are in your corner cheering you on. Um, We know sometimes you feel like nobody is, but we are. We are here for you. Thank you so much for joining us for this cuppa. Please come back next Wednesday when we'll be serving the tea on another deliciously magic topic. You can find Starlight Tea on Spotify, Apple, Good Pods, Google, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and Player FM. And in the meantime, be sure to follow us at Starlight Tea Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And if you have a question or a topic suggestion, feel free to DM us or email hello at starlightteapodcast.com. We hope you'll join us next week, and in the meantime, remember to keep your teacup overflowing so you can serve from the saucer. Now go make some magic.